0: This is Conversations with Corliss, the leadership podcast that gives you real and authentic advice that can help you change your life for the better. Here we will listen to stories and have conversations with people who are just like you, people who are chasing their dreams and making them happen. Your host Corliss is a modern day purpose-driven leader, As an entrepreneur, she has developed a multi-million dollar business, leading thousands of people to discover their potential and reach their personal goals, all while balancing the responsibilities of raising her three children. She is a powerful, inspirational speaker, a certified success principles coach, and the founder and CEO of Corliss Co. Consulting, Incorporated.
1: Hi everyone, this is Conversations with Corliss, a real leadership podcast. Here we will talk about all the things it takes to bravely lead the life you deserve. Welcome to the conversation. You may have guessed it, my name is Corliss and I created this podcast simply because I want to help people and make a bigger impact. You see, one day I woke up in my forties and realized time stands still for no one. I found myself coasting through life feeling unfulfilled and deep inside, I knew there was more to me than I was living. I went looking for answers and I found them by listening to inspiring people and having meaningful conversations. That is what we will do here for you. Whatever you are looking for, I am glad you are here. Aging has given me the invaluable insight that we should make every moment count. It's time to take charge of your life, to rise up and be all you can be. This podcast is meant to help you do that. So let's get started. Are you looking for the ultimate relaxation experience? Then you should visit Carol at Heart and Soul Healing Center in Yorkton, Saskatchewan. Carol provides a calming, relaxing, and holistic environment to allow you to get away from it all. Whether you're looking to minimize stress, relieve pain, soothe tired and aching muscles, or a place to escape and unwind, Heart and Soul Healing Center is where you need to be. Enjoy a reflexology session, one of the most popular treatments on the menu, with a long list of benefits. Relax knowing Carol is a registered reflexologist. Or why not try a raindrop essential oil massage that will take you to a new level of relaxation that combines aromatherapy with massage. Maybe heal your mind, body, and soul with a Reiki treatment. Carol is also a Reiki master and can even do distance healings as well. So don't let location stop you from contacting her today. Heart and Soul offers iridology, integrated energy therapy, hot stone massage, crystal healings, angel card readings, and ionic foot detox. Carol truly puts her heart and soul into every service she provides. Contact Heart and Soul Healing Center today at 306-621-6774 or find them on Facebook and Instagram or visit their website at heartandsoulhealingcenter.org. This is Episode 039, Running on Empty, Stress Management and Turbulent Times with Wendy turner Larson. Are you feeling uneasy, overextended, stressed, or burdened by responsibility? If you are, you are not alone. In this episode, we explore why our stress exists, how we can minimize it, and practical strategies to manage it. We talk about our expectations and beliefs and how they're directly connected to our level of stress. Since most of my listening audience is female, I also wanted to have a conversation about how people-pleasing and undefined boundaries are impacting us on a day-to-day basis, and why asking and receiving help is not only okay, it's important for our overall well-being. I really think you'll get lots from this one and will enjoy the listen. You deserve a stressless and happy life. Inside this conversation, you'll learn some ways to get there. Wendy Turner-Larson is an executive leadership and brain coach, corporate training consultant, professional speaker, and an author with 25 plus years of curriculum design and workshop facilitation. She has 20 years of experience as a psychotherapist and psychologist and over 15 years of leadership coaching experience. Welcome to the show, Wendy. I'm thrilled that you've taken the time to join us today and share all of your expertise. Thanks for being here.
0: Thank you for having me, Corliss. Um, I'm really excited to be here and talk about, you know, the ways that we can take care of ourselves, especially, you know, during these times.
1: Yes, it's a crazy world that we're living in. So let's begin with that. Why is this topic so important? I know you work as a coach and a leadership stress consultant. What are you noticing with people right now?
0: Well, you know, that things changed really dramatically about a year ago We're, you know, we're 11 months into um, a huge shift in our personal lives, in our work lives. And, you know, one of the things I think that's really important is that uh, this wasn't a one-time event and it's hard for people to, you know, really identify what what is impacting them and affecting them and, and uh, the restrictions, the changes at work, working from home homeschooling kids, um, you know, has continued for for quite a while. So what I'm noticing with people is uh, that that, um, you know, they're feeling stressed, they're feeling overwhelmed, a big uh, one of the biggest impacts is this, you know, feeling of lack of motivation, the inability to get going and, you know, get things done like they used to. So I think it's really important that people understand that this is a very different time that they're navigating. And um, it's not just them navigating it. it. I think it's important to know that everybody else in their lives is also navigating it. So our usual support systems maybe have changed a lot. And, you know, um, we might have elderly parents, we might have kids at home. And um, these changes have impacted all of the people in our lives. So it's it's really a big um, a really a big thing. What I what I notice is people, a lot of people, particularly, you know, high functioning, high achievers, perfectionists, those those types of people, which is a lot of people, which is a lot of leaders, is that they still expect that they can uh, feel the same way they've always felt, that they, um, you know, if they just get some extra rest, their energy might pop back, you know, in a day or two, or, you know, after they take a, a break in the afternoon. But what people are finding is um, that their usual ability to rebound and, Uh, get back to feeling, you know, pretty even and resilient uh, isn't happening as fast. So people are really needing to shift their expectations about what is manageable for them. And that's not easy for those high achiever, people pleaser, perfectionist types.
1: Oh my gosh, you're speaking right to me. (laughs) There's so much uncertainty and I'm one of those people pleaser, you know, highly motivated, really over the top achievers. And I do really recognize exactly what you're saying to be truth, like for me, and I'm sure it is for many of the listeners as well. There's just so much uncertainty. And I've been finding somehow a little bit of comfort in knowing that we're all going through this together. I don't know, somehow, you know, nobody's gone through this before. So if we just kind of hang on to the idea that it's not us, we're not alone in it, right?
0: Right, there, yeah, there is some comfort in that for sure, that, um, you know, we, we can gain support from other people. And you mentioned a really important word, the uncertainty. So, you know, the expectations that things are going to go a certain way, or things are going to happen in so many weeks or, or months. Um, and, you know, since we don't have control over that, there, there is a lot of uncertainty, So, you know, the question is, how do you notice that? How do you manage that? How do you stop
1: and pause and pay attention to what you need? Mm, Good point. So some of the stressors are out of our control. I mean, that's, that's clear, right? So what are some of the things that people can do with that, knowing that it's out of their control? Right. Um,
0: I think that that's one of the real opportunities here is that we we can't control things. We can't make things happen the usual way. We have to rely on a lot of other people. Lots of people are making decisions for us that, that we can't control. So I think the opportunity is learning to um, let go a little bit and go with the flow a little bit more. And you know, definitely in the Western world, we're not used to that. We're used to pushing, shoving, making things happen being productive. So, um, you know, there are opportunities, I think, for us to slow down, to pause, uh, to learn what letting go looks like, I actually don't really know how to walk somebody through that. Um, but we all know when we get there, when we're, you know, sort of detached from um, making things happen, or, you know, detached from things having to go a certain way. So, you know, so some of the things that we can do, I, I, Um, you know there's really two aspects when we when we look at stress management is the things that we can do in the moment you know the daily things the self-care you know paying attention when uh, when we do feel overwhelmed or anxious or angry or you know irritable and then there's really the long-term sort of the bigger picture things that impact us and I like to talk about that you know we're not going to unpack all of that in this time but I think it's important to look at some of our beliefs, which I've mentioned, like people pleasing, you know, the need to not disappoint people, it's, you know, it's really upsetting if somebody's doesn't like what you chose, so you can become indecisive and wishy washy and sort of lose control over your decisions. Um, Then there's, you know, perfectionism, the need to do it right, 150% all of the time, And certainly during these times, I notice with myself, my friends and colleagues, and my clients, that those beliefs are, you know, really showing up for us, you know, where we maybe didn't notice them before, but we just can't do and manage what we used to. Um, And then there's, you know, overachieving, the need to always do more, be more successful. And, um, you know, we can get triggered, you know, because we think other people are, are more successful. So that's sort of the bigger picture piece to look at. And, um, you know, I'd like to invite people just to ask themselves where, you know, where that might be showing up for them, where that might be impacting their boundaries, um, their, their inability to say no, their inability to step back and do less, which definitely shows up for my clients as leaders in organizations, they don't want to look like the person who's doing less, they want to look like the person who's got it together and and doing more. So, so that's really important I think the the limiting beliefs because if we believe our values in pleasing others or in being perfect, that is going to trip us up. And again, that's another opportunity to um, you know, some of those deep-rooted beliefs don't show up, but in times like this they can come to the surface. It can be very uncomfortable. But what we've always done Um, If we're go hard, people work hard, we have to be productive. And I think there's sort of this addiction to being productive, um, because it feels really frightening. And we don't feel like we have value if we slow down and, and rest. So that's, you know, that's some of the things I think that um, are really important for people to unravel.
1: Wow. Okay. (laughs) There's about 5,000 things going through my mind right now, because I feel like you're speaking right to me as an achiever. Why do we have this addiction to being productive? Like, I just want to share a short story. It actually happened this week. And like during the pandemic, what I've really noticed is that I actually don't know how to relax. I'm always doing something. It's even difficult unless I'm in a restaurant for me to sit down and actually be present and sit and relax and enjoy a meal. I don't do that unless I'm in a restaurant most times. It's like it's like I got to, you know, grab this or I got to clean this up or it's like I don't know why I'm like that, but I am like that. It's like I'm constantly doing something. And I've noticed that, so I've started to recognize, you know, opportunity like you said the pandemic has given us some opportunities. So the opportunity here is like why can't I relax? I'm trying to learn how to relax. So I've been doing that and I've been practicing meditation so that I, I need to do that so that it calms me, calms me, it like helps me get centered and grounded. So I've been really practicing that and it's become kind of a non-negotiable for me. I, I need to do it. And if I don't do it, I can tell the difference in how I'm feeling. So anyway, this week, I have had a really busy week this week, and my son had guitar lessons, and I still had meetings, and I was speaking on on an engagement in the evening, and I wasn't going to have time to do my meditation. So while he went into guitar, I was like, okay, this is important to you. So you're going to do your meditation instead of running errands while he's at guitar. You're going to do your meditation in the car. And Wendy, I have to tell you how beautiful it was because I turned on the meditation. I leaned my seat back. I laid it back and I have a sunroof and I looked up and it was like (laughs) the trees and the sky was blue and there was trees over above and my seat was heated it was absolutely magical so i did this 20 minute meditation and i think i fell asleep i don't even know either that or i went really deep into meditation and it was so beautiful and i was like how can i build this into my life more that like why do i have to you know stop set a goal and make sure i do it in order for me to learn how to just take 20 minutes for myself can you can you does that make any sense
0: yeah that yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, so you speak to you know a lot of really good points, uh, you know about this that it that it is difficult for us, and when there is a lot going on, you know our brain's going to be overactivated, our nervous system is, and um, you know I think most people have a difficult time slowing down. So I think first of all, just acknowledging this is a self-compassion piece, acknowledging that you know it is hard at times. Uh, Other times it's easy. You can slow down and, you know, and meditate. Um, But the why has a lot to do with, you know, um, our society, what we believe about ourselves and that there really is a lot of pressure to succeed. And I think what's happening um, to women in particular is as, you know, I just read the article about the... um, uh, the referee for the Super Bowl, a woman, you know, a first time, you know, as women, and they talked about her breaking, uh, you know, another glass ceiling as we have those opportunities uh, it it makes it really hard to, um, to balance that we matter. We are really conditioned to take care of other people and to focus externally. And so we can kind of, we can get on that treadmill and it feels really good. It actually feels great to be productive, to get things done. But what I like about what you said is as you're meditating, and you take the time to do that, that also feels good. And so, you know, I think as we go about our day, just thinking about when we can meditate, even if it's two or three minutes, just being mindful, just sitting and, you know, breathing, um, just noticing how good that actually feels and, and reflecting from time to time, exactly what you said is you notice a difference when you don't, um, when you don't meditate. So, you know, building in those pause times, I actually recommend for people who have a hard time slowing down their mind to journal. And, you know, ask themselves some questions. If they don't know, you know, how to journal, I've actually got a PDF that I can share with people about questions to ask themselves. But that's a way to slow down and you're actually writing, you know, or doing something. Um, I, I think the most important thing, Corliss, is that we find ways without judging ourselves, you know, if we're doing it right, or doing it well enough, or long enough to connect with ourselves. And, you know, I, in my work, I believe connection, our relationship with ourselves is the most important connection, um, is the most important relationship, because everything else rises um, from that. So that's what we're talking about, you know, unraveling those things that impede our connection with ourselves, engaging in those things that that work for us, meditation, you know, is can be hard for other people. So I love, you know, I love your example that you you took a moment in your day um, that wasn't necessarily scheduled ahead of time to take an opportunity to connect with yourself.
1: That's so interesting. And I realized that probably you didn't expect the conversation was going to go this way. But I think you're brilliant. And you're really speaking to me. So I'm just going to run with this. I hope it's okay. <laughs> because What's come up for me here, Wendy, is that, and I think it's not just me, I think there's a lot of women that this has come up for, you know, you've talked about breaking the glass ceiling. And when we see a lot of people struggling, our kids are struggling, because they're doing online school, we see, you know, our husbands or partners stressed about finances, or whatever's going on. It's almost like I have felt so much empathy for what people are going through, that it's caused me to feel like I have to show up and do more than ever. So I don't think that's uncommon. And perhaps that's, you know, a belief system, you know, of having to prove something. But I think a lot of women really feel that I think they feel like, well, if someone else is struggling, it's my job to fix it or to help it. And I got to do even more. Is that is that kind of what Would you agree with that? Have you noticed that with other people?
0: Yeah, exactly. And so I think that there's this other piece to it is if uh, women, a lot of women are naturally empathic. And so we feel and kind of absorb what other people are feeling. And we may notice it even before they notice. You might notice your partner, you know, starting to feel overwhelmed before they they even recognize it. And so, you know, being empathic, you actually do kind of feel the pain of others. And so I think that that's a really um, wise point that, that you raised. And, you know, the challenge is, this is another opportunity to, you know, take care of yourself while you're taking care of other people. And, and what, does that, what does that really look like? And, you know, lots of times I'll ask women the question, you know, what's not necessary right now? Um, what isn't you know important because we've been able to do so much, and I I learned this because or be, had to face it because in my twenties I had a very um, very stressful um, overwhelming job. I was a leader in a in an organization, and I was just a doer. I loved to do. I was a people pleaser, overachiever, perfectionism, and all of that was just running me ragged. And I had to take time off work. They didn't even call it. Uh, stress leave or anything at that time, but I was severely burned out. And that was a time when I really had to notice and realize that I'm responsible for me. And that paying attention to me is the most valuable gift that I can give to others. And in all my years, you know, and working uh, in counseling as a psychologist in private practice, and then as a coach, this comes up for women, regardless if we're going through pandemic restrictions or not. They will get overwhelmed at work. They're trying to fix and and help everything and everybody else. But one of the most important things is to notice how you feel. What do you feel? And then what do you need? And we, when we are externally focused, taking care of other people, we're feeling their pain. Um, We don't notice, we don't notice our own, we might not notice that, you know, we're tired. So easy answer to that you know there there really isn't one but it you know it's sort of a journey and a practice of honoring and paying attention to yourself um really diving into what do you feel without judging it so we're great judgers of ourselves like why can't i do this i should be able to do more why am i feeling this way i could handle it before all of those are you know examples of judging and um uh uh, so I've written a book and my first chapter is on self-compassion because I believe that's the foundation to us really being um, okay with ourselves, really being in a place of more um, more peace and more calm regardless of what is going on in our lives. And self-compassion is really a mindset that, um, that you're enough and it's a very different mindset than the scolding, the pushing ourselves hard.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, this is just so much. I love it. I feel like I could just take a breath. I almost feel like you've given us, me, I'm not sure, everybody who's listening, uh, you know, permission to understand that it's okay if you're feeling that way. And the two things that I really took away from what you just said there were, what do you feel and what do you need? So asking yourself that, those are are really big, usable tools that people can implement right away at any point in their day.
0: Mm -hmm. Good and what can you do less of? Who can help you? What can you delegate?
1: Yeah, that's, a, that's an important step as well. And I've talked about this on other podcast episodes before too, where because I'm that person who feels like I need to juggle it all, manage it all, and I pride myself on being a strong, independent woman, a lot of times I don't not only will I not ask for help? But a lot of times, even when it's offered to me, I won't take it. So I think it's learning to embrace that as well.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's, these sound like small things, but small things over time become, become big can create huge shifts. So that just receiving help from others saying, okay, it sounds like a very small thing that can really help you out.
1: Hey guys, just a quick note about an exciting program that's starting soon called Confident On Camera. I know what it's like to be afraid to show up online. I know the fear of being judged, not knowing what to say, or feeling insecure about being in a space where you have no idea who is watching or listening. I found my confidence here, and now I wanna help you have that too. We're living in a virtual world and that's not going to change. In order to help you show up online confidently, I've put together a program where you can learn what to share on social and how to share it in a real and authentic way. We focus on live video and by the end of the program, you will be confident to hit that go live button anytime you want. Through this two-part workshop, I teach you the basics of showing up on social and provide a safe environment to practice. This program is suited to anyone who is building a business or anyone who wants to get better using social to connect and create relationships. Space is limited. So head to Coreless.ca right away to register because classes begin soon. So, okay. So what can people be aware of in order to help them shift? Walk us through the steps one at a time.
0: Well, I think it's I think it's a lot of things. So I, I haven't mentioned this yet, but if you are really overwhelmed and stressed, is um, is pausing, thinking about it, and figuring out what's causing the stress. So is it a relationship issue and then what do you do? You have a conversation. Um, a lot of my clients the last two weeks are just simply have too much work to do at work, way too much responsibility, and they don't have the capacity. So, you know, the strategies is looking at what's not a priority, what they can let go of, what they can delegate. But I think the first thing is, you know, um, determining what's causing it. Um, and then you can do something about it. The And then the questions, the questions that we ask, like, if you're too busy asking yourself, is this really yours? Is this really your responsibility? Um, if we're over helpers, we're going to impede growth in other people, if we're always jumping in to help them, you know, letting boundaries is another really big piece of this is just letting other people have their own journey. Um, and asking yourself, is your help assisting them? Or is it impeding them? <clears throat> things, you know, things that you can do that can have a dramatic shift is just taking 15, 20 minutes a day just to sit, have a cup of tea, and reflect on what was good about your day. Um, You know, there's the whole field of brain science and positive psychology, not as a way to diminish what you're feeling, but giving your brain a break. And, um, you know, short meditations, I really encourage this in the morning, you know, just a short meditation, um, visualizing, you know, a really pleasant outdoor scene, or a pleasant experience, and then just really bringing in that feeling, Um, the positive feeling can really actually has a uh, impact Physically on our brain. So, um, w- in my work, and when I've taught about this, I just suggest people focus on three things because thinking about all the things you can do to manage your stress, be more resilient, all of that can be overwhelming. I should do yoga. I should meditate. I should drink eight glasses of water. I should eat celery, uh, one apple a day, you know, all of that. And I think simplify it, focus on three main things that if you took those out of your life, um, you, you would really, you know, start to, you know, slide in a, in a bad direction. So for me, the three things are getting enough sleep, If I don't get enough sleep. Uh, I, You know, I don't do well have that brain fog. You know, I'm not focused, I'm not energetic. Um, I do, you know, a quick visualization almost every morning. Uh, and then at the end of the day, I As I go to bed, I usually just, in my mind, review my day. What went well? What did I do well? Just to give my mind a break. Because like you, I'm like that too. I'm always planning, thinking of ideas. Lots of women are that way. And so they may need to just build in, you know, those pauses uh, throughout the day.
1: Mm, Okay, three things. Three things that if you didn't do them, your life would take a backwards slide. That is brilliant. So audience, I really want you to think about that. What are the three things? So Wendy shared hers and I was thinking about what are mine. And, you know, I think mine are really similar to yours. Like I do have a really overactive brain. So when I journal and write things down, it get, it, there's something about the process of taking it out of my head and putting it onto paper that really helps me and calms me. I've already talked about the meditation, uh, sleep for sure. I think everybody needs to make sure they're getting adequate sleep, but you know, an exercise, I think when I'm not exercising, like moving my body, I end up carrying a lot of stress. So whether that be some type like yoga, walkie, anything, and the nature part is a big piece for me as well. I think that's really what I discovered. I honestly think I'm going to do some of my meditations in my car from now on because I can go and park even in winter. I can go and park underneath a tree and I can look up and feel like I'm outside in nature. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. What a great idea. Well, it was by surprise. <laughs> it was by surprise. It, did, it just happened. And you let go
0: of an expectation that it has to be, you know, planned or scheduled. You you took uh, an opportunity in the moment. And you know, you know what else is really interesting about the the power of three? I like that word is we only focus on three things, we still do the other things. But your brain is freed up to just focus on three things. Even if your main thing isn't exercise, you'll still exercise. Um, You'll still do, you know, some of the other things. But um, our brain is just so overloaded with everything that your self care and your wellness, uh, your resilience skills really just needs to be three people or three things might be three people.
1: You know what I really like about this is it's almost like, okay, now I get a self-care. Okay. So all of the wise people say, I have to do this, this, and this, and these are all the things I have to do. So I really like it that instead of adding a whole bunch more that we have to do to the overwhelm list, it's like pick the top three. I really like that. And I actually think I'm going to change, I'm going to change what my third one is, I think, because I need to, I have a tendency to take life too seriously when I'm, really trying to, you know, get my work done. I'm trying to help people. I'm trying to produce something. I need to find more opportunity every day to laugh and to just lighten up. Honestly, that's, that's a big one for me. So how would you do that? Well, in one of the episodes, you know, someone asked me that question, we were talking about something similar. And one of the things that I always do, and I have a puppy. His name is Charlie. Anybody who follows me on social knows Charlie. He's just the sweetest little guy. And he is kind of um, a real passive, really, really. He's like a stuffed animal that moves, honestly. He's just so sweet. But when I turn on music and I dance around and just kind of have my own little dance party in my kitchen, Charlie either gets nervous, scared, I'm not sure, or if he's having fun, but he barks and he dances around and he's like, I I don't know. So we end up having, like, a big old laugh party. But the other thing, too, is, like, something as simple as flipping on a few minutes of the Golden Girls, like, that makes me laugh. That show makes me laugh. So it's just finding something that I can just lighten up, just nothing, just something that either shifts my body. I, I, that's one of the things I learned with Tony Robbins was that if you want to change your state, move your body, like get into motion. And that, so that's really kind of my thing is just to, you know, get moving, get up out of my chair. I mean, sometimes even if I'm at my desk for a long time, even just stretching will help, but I mean, it doesn't make me laugh, but it makes me feel better. So. Right. And um, you
0: just made a really good point. You can shift your three things whenever you want. It's up to you. You know, so sometimes it might be, you know, meditation is your top thing. The next, you know, the next thing it might be, you, you've really got to move or uh, you want to integrate laughter into your daily life. So really, yeah, those are really good tips.
1: Wendy, you just took my overactive mind. Isn't she amazing audience? Make sure and connect with Wendy because she just took my craziness of I got to do this, this and this and this and there's all these things. And she brought it back to it's okay, you can shift it. She just taught me self-compassion right there in front of all of you. (laughs) Mm, Nice. Thank you for that. That's true. It can shift. We're ever flowing and what we need sometimes changes, right? Mm Hmm. So is there anything else that you want to share with the audience here before I ask you my three closing questions?
0: Uh, One just really short thing that I don't think we give enough value to is um, intuition and our, you know, inner knowing. And what I know about that is it gets stifled and stuffed when we uh, overwork ourselves and are just focused on, on producing. And so it's something I'm kind of curious about, you know, right now, just how intuition rises when we, uh, when we slow down and create that connection with
1: ourselves. Mm, I like that. Good point. When we're overworked and overwhelmed, we we stifle it. That's really good. And then doing the three parts of self care, and practicing self compassion with ourselves and knowing what we need is going to help us connect to that, isn't it? Right? Yep, exactly. Beautiful. All right. Well, my three closing questions, because this is a leadership podcast, I would love to know what does leadership mean to you?
0: I, I think leadership is about leading self first. And, you know, as uh, you've heard, you know, my philosophy today, you know, it's really about deepening into that connection uh, with yourself. And um, I know that when I'm a better self, I'm calmer, Um, I'm less hard on myself I actually can be in the flow in my work so much more you know just in a beautiful way and I notice this with a lot of leaders so they'll come to me they're like I have this conflict I have this issue and a lot of times we just really start with uh, them slowing down connecting with themselves getting you know the stress off their plate and and then they know what they're then they know what to do so you know, leadership is leading myself. And uh, my primary focus is, you know, that I'm good to myself. You you talked earlier about kindness, really believe self kindness is key to leadership.
1: Oh, so great. I, I really do love that answer. And I really connect with that, because that's also what I believe. I believe that everything begins with us. And Everything that we're suggesting that everyone else, you know, practice out there, you know, practice kindness, practice not being judgmental. Do that for yourself as well. Right. Yes. So if there was um, a book or a podcast you wanted to recommend. So what I mean by this is one that was maybe a game changer for you, because obviously you've read a lot of books. There's a lot of podcasts out there, but the one that was really, really, really big and kind of pivotal in your own journey Yeah.
0: Um, Because I'm older, I've, you know, had a lot of pivots in in my journey. I think more recently is uh, Rick Hansen's work on um, hardwiring happiness. And the, you know, the concept of taking time to visualize and bring in, you know, a positive feeling. I was actually very adverse to that years ago. I thought that that was really superficial. So, so that's been a you know, more recent interest the last five years, you know, neuroscience, how it changes our brain, and then how it changes how we feel. Uh, So yeah, I like Rick Hansen. He's got podcasts.
1: I like that a lot, because there's a science behind it. It's not just a philosophy, right?
0: Right. Yes, I like that too.
1: Mm -hmm. Some facts, some facts behind it. All right, the final, final closing question. And uh, we all have highs and lows in life, obviously. And there's you know, a a long life journey. And if you could only leave, leave the audience like with one piece of advice, based on everything you've been through, what would you want to leave them with? Uh,
0: the invitation to really deepen into self kindness and self compassion.
1: I love that. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with us today, Wendy, what a great close. I, I really appreciate you were here with me and with the rest of the audience.
0: Great. Thank you. Very, uh, very enjoyable to uh, interact with you today, Corliss. Take care, everyone.
1: If you enjoyed this episode and it brought you value, make sure and share it with a friend or screenshot it and post it to your Instagram story or Facebook, tagging me at Corliss Co. I know the most precious of all commodities is your time, and I want to thank you all very much for spending this time with me today. Remember, you have the power to lead. Know your worth, embrace your value, see you have purpose, and be the leader you are meant to be.